This recording was done during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strike. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the content being covered here would not exist. everyone and welcome to the glad to podcast i'm lauren romo and with me as always is my cousin and fellow nerd andrea gutierrez yo 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 bright sun how many times did you hear that in florida bright suns a lot yeah i know <laughs> so cute and i and i loved every minute of it <laughs> what's going on Ange? man chilling we haven't we haven't recorded in a while or seen each other in a while right there's a lot of ahsoka to talk about Yes, we are doing a deep dive into the episodes three, four, and five. Lots to talk about today for sure. Uh, and then we do have our uh, review. Yeah, a review of the, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. We'll be having um, this. It's probably already out by the time you hear this. So listen to it. Uh, it'll be a fun discussion and you'll get our thoughts and what we thought about it and our favorite stories and all that stuff. But before we do that, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars Podcast to discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. All right, Ange. I know you're excited, <laughs> to say the least, as am I. Uh, but I'm interested to hear what, you know, our thoughts on these last uh, episodes three, four, five. So before we kind of do that, I want to go uh, the episode titles. Uh, part three was called Time to Fly, which was directed by Steph Green, who we both are big fans of. She did a great job in The Book of Boba Fett. Banger. Uh, it, banger for sure banger and, and um this episode was pretty good and book of both it was real good uh so this was directed by steph green writers were dave filoni george lucas uh then episode four's title was fallen jedi uh director peter ramsey who huge fan uh again writers uh are dave filoni george lucas and then episode five, which is a big one, Shadow Warrior, written, directed <laughs> by Dave Filoni. A uh, lot to talk about on that one as well. So, Angela, let's just go. I, I kind of want to go where you are so far. Through We'll start through the first episodes, you know, one through four, because five was special. We'll talk about it. But heading into that episode, episodes one through four, obviously we got our thoughts previously on one through two, but these last two episodes, kind of a good mix of together. I mean, it, it, it you know, it runs as like a kind of a long episode if they, you know, if you think about it, obviously this whole series is, but these two in particular were really good back to back. So your overall thoughts on three and four, what jumped out at you, moments, conversations, mentions, what? Where were you on those two episodes? I loved three and four. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say I actually enjoyed three and four in the moment watching them 
more than I did five. Now Ooh, I liked five. Right, right, right. But um I felt like three especially, just the training segments between Sabi and Ahsoka were perfect to see. Um a long time coming. Kind of what we would have expected to see in the sequels, but didn't get it. Not that I'm knocking the sequels. But um, to see Ahsoka as a teacher was so great. Episode four, very thought-provoking. Uh, had me wondering about like what was going to happen to every character. Every character that we saw. Um, from Balin to Shin to Sabine, Hera, Ahsoka... Jason, I mean, it was very thought-provoking. I felt like Balin was a highlight in that episode. Um, he was just um, absolutely outstanding. And then, again, the reveal at the end of, of Anakin and Ahsoka in the World Between Worlds. I mean, it was just so many good highlights out of those two episodes. I mean, really good highlights out of those episodes. Performances um dialogue uh sound music i mean it that when we got out of three and four i was like this is it this is the best it's where it was yeah it um it was good <laughs> i mean i'm right there with you three and four especially three the beginning and the whole montage of the training i really dug it I really loved seeing kind of Ahsoka's style, which who knows it could change now with what she's been through um, in episode episode five, which you know we'll touch on. But I love that seeing that kind of aspect of the Master Padawan because we we get it in Clone Wars. I mean, again, we get sprinkles, but not a lot. We don't really see the actual training, quote unquote. Right. We, like, I mean, honestly, I don't think we see it too. I mean, we see it heavy in Empire Strikes Back with Yoda right. and Luke, which is even, but and that's totally kind of on a different level too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is very, I think, old. I don't want to say old school, but like it's probably how Ahsoka was trained. Right. Like this is kind of how those you know Jedi Padawans went through training. Right? I think. What we saw was like our expectations of what we were going to see in the prequels. Like we were like, man, we're going to see Jedis in the Jedi Temple training. And we didn't get that. Right. Right. And now to see it, it it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it was very cool. And then having uh, Hugh Yang kind of be the, the, tra the training bot as he is. So good. Very, very cool. Yeah, love that. And I just love, again, the little like lesson... Through through whole, that whole montage thing, again visually I liked it. I like Steph's direction, like di direction director kind of eye of that episode. I thought that was probably out of the first three, was the most tight until episodes four and maybe five. But I'll, we'll discuss that. But visually it was great. You know you see. You see the whales. You see Purgol. Ahsoka's out in space. In a spacesuit. I mean, it was such a... <laughs> I think 3 was such a Clone Wars-y, yeah. Rebels-y episode, which I, again, totally fine with because we're both fans of it. And 
nothing that would shock us. Maybe to general audience, it would have been like, what is this? But I was cool with it. I was cool with all of it. And then four, I think four, I loved, I loved the fight between, I think, well, not I think, but I enjoyed Sabine versus um, Shin more than Balin versus Soka. Because I liked that style between Sabine and Shin. More of the Padawan, more of the kind of raw going on instinct more than maybe like feel or, you know, like you can tell that Ahsoka and Balin are, are quote unquote masters, right? They're sizing each other up. Whereas the other two were just more aggressive, more of that type of like fighting style kind of gave me a little more of a prequel S type of fast coming at you that we saw throughout that, throughout the prequels. So I like that style. Um, I think Balin is the most fascinating character in this show so far. Hands down. Him and Shin. But I think he is the most fascinating character this show has, I think, brought in so far. So that that's kind of my overall three and four. You know, I, I, I loved it. The one thing I will say, I think, especially for the first, I say three, four, not so much, but the first three episodes, the... It's not the directing, it's the editing style, the pacing of those episodes. We're really, like, rewatching them are really, not weird, but just at points, like, they really hold on to shots. Like, I think a beat too long sometimes. Not that it, like, takes a, takes you away from it, but I don't know if you felt that way, but I felt like three and four were, weren't that choppy. It was a lot more smoother, especially four. Four was really good. I love Peter Ramsey's take. Loved that episode. I loved that cinematography in the in the pacing was really, really good. Your thoughts on that, Ange? Anything that kind of stuck out to you in that respect? Uh no. I yeah, I think in one and two, there were some, like you said, like shots that hung in there. And maybe it's just to fill time or Maybe it's right. to make you maybe get a little bit more into the the experience of what you're about to see, especially yeah. for people that have never seen these characters before. It gives them time to kind of absorb what they look like, their mannerisms, um, things like that. So, I mean... There, I mean, there. Honestly, I took the most notes between three and four because I felt like the dialogue was so impressive. Yes, and there were just so so many interesting points that were brought up, especially in three in Ahsoka talking to Sabine. You you might as well have had George Lucas sitting there, oh, you know, 100%, 100%. telling Sabine that you know that talent is a factor that that the Force resides within everybody. That training and focus are what truly defines someone's success. Those are those are George Lucas's words. Hundred percent. You know, so all of that was just outstanding to watch, and then to see Hera intermingling with the New Republic and how bad they suck. But Ma yep. Mothma is, you can tell, conflicted and wants to be the support that Hera is expecting, but can't be because you you just have these these 
senators and these politicians that I love how Hare brought up, like, were you did you fight in the war? Or were you just waiting to see who came out on top? I mean, which was Kaz's dad. Kaz. Yeah, from, no, oh, <laughs> don't like him at all. It was it was just so amazing how within just like five minutes, you can get another um, temperature of what it's like to be in the political world of the new republic. So that was really awesome, too. And I think um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's performance as Hera um, just improve, keeps improving and keeps getting better and better as the episodes go by. Um, so that I just... I loved, <laughs> I loved three and four so much, Lauren, and I loved five too. I really did. I but I missed my people. I missed my other people. I missed Balin and Shin. I missed, I missed that right. But um, I miss Sabine. Honestly, Bordizo's performance of Sabine is lights out. It is so good. Stand out again beyond Ray Stevenson. She's stand out. Yeah, absolutely. Her that scene where she's trying to move the cup and then she says, You win this round, it was so Sabine. It was straight out of Rebels. It was so good. And I I catch myself like being like caught up in her performance just because it's that good. It, it's not like it takes me out in a bad way. It almost takes me out in a good way because I'm like, oh, that that is Sabine to a T. It it is amazing. So three and four were just, man, I I really enjoyed them. They were great. Yeah, I I think for me four I I enjoyed a little bit more than three. Again, nothing wrong with three. I just I think four really hit home again more Balin stuff. I mean, I have so many questions about that guy. I mean, let's go there. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah, let's jump into Balin and his motives because I think it's almost they are him and Ahsoka are so similar, but then polar opposites at the same time. Though, does that make sense if I say that? So when I what I mean by that is that they both were, you know, they left the order for different reasons, various reasons, right? Like lost their faith. He said that. Right. Lost. Right. And Ahsoka lost her faith. Right. Balin goes what goes the other way, kind of the down a little bit of a darker path. We assume again, he, I, I'm not calling him Sith. I don't think he's Sith, but he is he is he like he said, he lost his faith in the Jedi Order for whatever reason, which I hope we learn more. And juxtapose that with Ahsoka, where she lost her faith in the Order because they didn't have her back. Right? But instead of going down a darker path, what does she do? She stays on that lighter, that light path. She helps people. She helps the Martez sisters, who, again, are so important to her story. I will keep saying that. But she goes on that path, where he goes on a different path. But they have similar reasons for doing what they're doing. And it all starts from losing faith in the Jedi order in this, you know, this thing that they had been born into and lived through their all their life pretty much. Right. And then Balin, he, 
he knows so much. He knows Anakin was Vader, which not a lot of people know. So how did he find out, right? He knew Ahsoka was obviously his his Padawan. He knew that Ahsoka had Sabine as her Padawan. Like, I am just fascinated with this character as to how does he know all this stuff? And then what is his real motive? Because even when he talks to Morgan, at points she almost is doubting him. And he, it's not that he's denying it, but he's just like, it, like, I can't remember the exact, like, what she said to him, but he was like, you know, experience, you know, or like you're saying, lost faith. Yeah, like, she asked if that was fear, fear she detected. Right. Something and, like that. And he goes, it's experience. So, and then even the, the self-doubt of having to destroy Ahsoka, um, you know, he was just like, that's you know that's it's not a good thing because the jedi you know the jedi are still you know um you know he still respects i think some ideas or some traditions that he learned but like he said he has completely lost faith in it and he's it's not like he's following it verbatim anymore so to me he is such a fascinating character and then shin she is just, you know, what is her angle? She is just seems like power hungry more than he is. And just, you know, is so focused on that, that she is just, she's a great character. Again, opposite to Sabine, right? I mean, it's just, oh, I, I love the villains in this show are really good. 100%. They're my, I mean, I think they, these are two of my favorite. And, and you add Morgan to it, and you got three really good villains. And we haven't even seen Thrawn yet. Right. And that's crazy that we haven't seen them. I'm hoping we see them, you know, in this in the newest episode when it drops. But so far, you know, it's just been those three, and I, I mean, I luck it. And then Morak Morak was just Morak. So, Like sorry. a night sister reincarnation, maybe? Or something, right? Or Or a brother, right? So, and that's cool. I didn't, like, yeah, it would have been fun to have those theories that everybody had come true. Yeah, sure. All right. Have Sam Whitmore come in and whatever. But, you know, Floney has other plans. I'm okay with it. And I'm not losing sleep over that I was wrong with my, you know, hopes or hoping or theory that it could have been his character from that game. I'm cool with it. I'm totally cool with it. So yeah, but the big thing well before we before we move on to you know other aspects and any more thoughts on Balin, Shin, that the villains of this show so far. Yeah, what I think is uh really great about the villains is that they have like a purpose, so um they're not conflicted about what they want to do. Balin uh, mentions a greater good. He knows that Thrawn will start a war. Um, and then he also s states that, you know, one must destroy in order to create. And it's it's so th thought-provoking. Like, what does he want to create? What exactly, is his ver right. what is his version of the greater good? What's his motive? Like what is what is he trying to recreate or trying to do better? Right. Right. And he's he's definitely dark side. He fights with anger. He fights with um you know, uh, aggression and power. 
Um, he has a little bit of finesse, you know, into his stances, but um, when he's he's going in for a strike, it, it's full of, of anger and power. So he's definitely insane with Shin. So, and it's interesting, they're comfortable with that. And who's not comfortable with fighting is Ahsoka and Sabine, mm. right? Mm. So you're have these two adversaries that are against each other and one has purpose and one uh is trying to find their identity and the minute the one is able to 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 gain purpose as well too i mean it's going to be over the you know the light side will always triumph over over that once once it has meaning and has balance so it's That's just been it's, it's just been really great I mean, they are. They're freaking great villains. They they really are. They, oh, they're so good. Yeah, I, I hope we get more, even outside the series, books, comics, whatever. I'll take it all. Because I'm very fascinated to learn about how they met, what, you know, what brought them together. Like, I, I love, like, that stuff. I don't need it in the show, but I wouldn't mind it in a comic, a book wherever like give me more of these guys and then even morgan morgan elsbeth like her you know how did we know she obviously knew thrawn but how did they meet what's their relationship why does he trust her so much because there's not a lot of people that he trusts her ship is awesome her ship is cool 100 percent agree you know because i mean thrawn only trusts a certain amount of people roke was one as we know in rebels Eli Vanto in the books. And now it seems Morgan. Yeah, I got I mean, I... from what we can tell so far, right? Because, I mean, there's not a lot of other people that he was, you know, buddy buddies with or even, like, trusted, really. Eli's probably the most, he's, like, is probably the most trusted person. I don't even know if Thrawn trusts anybody because he's not political Fair. whatsoever. Fair. He doesn't even know how to um like measure people off of each other. He just sees what he needs to do and does it. And maybe respect and, like and respect. anticipates who mm-hmm. is going to be a part of that plan and uses them accordingly. But he he never manipulates anybody. I'll be I'll be pretty disappointed if Thrawn comes in and all of a sudden he's good at politics. I'll be so pissed because <laughs> he, he just is. Yeah, I don't that, think he will be. Yeah, that was his problem in the Empire. That was part of the reason why he had to um, make that uh, connection with uh, Governor Price. Like, and it wasn't even him, like, seeking her out. She did it because she recognized how bad he was at playing the game of politics. So right. it's like, does he does he trust Morgan or is she literally just a pawn in his in his game to yeah. to get to a victory? Well, that's a good point. No, I mean, he he is always 20, 30 steps ahead. So we'll, we'll find out more, you know. So any other last minute thoughts before we kind of go into the end of four going into five? Any other thoughts for three and four? I will note, like you said earlier, though, the music, the Kiner, Kiners, you know, all of them. Oh, my God. 
so good. The music is so good. The sound design, if you guys, Andrea, you mentioned it, if you have the opportunity to listen to it with headphones, man, I think it was in, I can't remember if it was in either episode three or four, could have been four. You heard a lot of Return of the Jedi um, Endor noises when you're in the planet. I, you just heard, like, just the sound design is so good in this show. And the music. The music is top-notch. I think some of Kiner's best, in my opinion. What are your thoughts coming out of these episodes of Ahsoka's uh, pessimism and fear of starting another war and maybe jeopardizing even finding Ezra if that means unleashing Thrawn. Like, how did you feel coming out of that? What did you think, like, Ahsoka was going through to get her to that point? I mean, if if we look back at what she's been through, you know, finding out, again, we talked about this when we did a whole kind of Ahsoka character before the the series came out. A big thing is for her was that she feels responsible for what happened to Anakin. She feels that if she didn't leave, maybe she, this, none of this happens. Right. I think that weighs heavy on her. I think she doesn't want to make the same mistakes or doesn't want to put herself in a position to go through a similar situation so she's very guarded at this point that's how i am getting those vibes off of her and i mean you go back to mando you go back to uh book of boba fett a little bit different though because she was with luke but if you really look at mando season two you can tell she was different right but if you think about what she's been through she, you know, and plus we really don't know what her and Sabine have been through because I think that plays a lot of into it, right? We learn from Balin that Sabine's parent or Sabine's family died, right? We're assuming in the Night of the Thousand Tears, and then he said that you know he, you know, Balin made the comment of Sabine blames Ahsoka for not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, you said your family died on Mandalore because your master didn't trust you. What does that mean? So again, right. Again, there's so much that I think in between when we see her in Rebels to then Mando, there's a lot that happened. And I think a lot of it, again, reels from finding out that her master was Vader, right? Reels from her relationship with Sabine and trying to train her and not doing well at it and feeling that she's failing Sabine and failing again. So she's got a lot of stuff going on. So I understand when she made the comment to Sabine that, you know, can I trust you to make the right, you know, to basically make the right decision? Because if we can't save Ezra, then nobody should, you know, we can't let them get to him or wherever we, wherever they go and wherever, again, assuming that Ezra's withdrawn, we can't let that happen. And that bummed out Sabine, obviously. 
she tried to play it off like she understood, but she did like, but clearly she she has too much. You know, she just fears again. She fears losing Ezra, and even failing him because of what he said to her in Rebels, right? Of, you know, I'm counting on you. So there's just a lot, I think there's just a lot of stuff going on between them, you know, past and all that. I think it made, for me, I understood where her character was and has been. Do you feel the same way? Do you, do you see it differently? Like, what are your thoughts on her, her outlook, you know, heading into these episodes three and four? Yeah, I think she's uh, full of fear, but like doesn't know it. And she's full of regret and doesn't want to admit it. Self-doubt probably too. Uh, it's, it's like very un-Jedi of her, not necessarily un-Jedi, I'll say very un-Master Yoda of her to feel like she can control what's going to happen if they destroy the map, if they keep from finding Ezra. You know, that it's goes completely against um, following, you know, the Will's of the force and you know forever the future is always changing and all of that she is like has tunnel vision i think right now and her her vision is she doesn't want to start another war and we learn why in five is her biggest regret is only being trained as a warrior soldier and when you go from knowing what happens in five and then you go back to four and you think of when her and Hu Yang were talking about Sabine and whether he should, she should train her. And yep, Ahsoka says that the Jedi failed. And she says that she doesn't need Sabine to be a Jedi. She needs her to be herself. And really good Huy- point, Ange. Really good yeah, point. Yeah, and when Hu-, Hu Yang says, I suppose you come from a long line of non-traditional Jedi... I think that's like the seed that gets planted in Ahsoka when she comes out of the world between worlds in five of what she needs to do is not care about her past and not care about what people had done to her. Move forward. Just right. Exactly. Move forward. And I mean, and then I'm sorry, that line of you come from a long line of non-traditional Jedi I think that is like the coolest freaking line. If you think of like Good the line. path of like what gets to Ahsoka, you go from Yoda to Dooku to Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan to Anakin. I mean, that's huge. And it it just goes to show the importance of what type of Jedi Ahsoka is. Yeah. It's it's insane. The legacy, and I, and I want to touch on that because that's, that's a big thing in 5-2. Before we kind of jump in, because you touched on it, obviously we end 4 going into the world between worlds. And I, I think I said this to you in a text, but I, and I've said this on the show, though. I did not expect us to go into the world between worlds. I didn't. I, I, I thought that that was kind of wrapped up, and it still kind of is. Right, because I don't, I don't know if I mean we were obviously in the world between worlds, but it wasn't like she went through a portal. I think this was more of a vision, vision quest, vision whatever you, you want. 
I do. It's again, it's not that, that she wasn't there, but I think it was a very foresee vision thing. Right. So I, I still think I still think that was truly Anakin, though. That was super Anakin. That wasn't like a non-Anakin. Like that was Anakin Skywalker. But so I, it's I, it's hard to explain. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Where, where do you go with with all that? I go um to the cosmic force and the living force. Like okay, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. No like longer that. thinking of it as a world between worlds, but yeah, the cosmic like force. And if you think of the living force feeds the cosmic force and the cosmic force leads the living force. And if Ahsoka was about to die and she transitions to the cosmic force and then learns a lesson within the cosmic force and then can transition back to the living force. Yeah. I like that. That's kind of like where I see it. You know, a lot of people, me included, maybe a little bit you too. We were afraid that they were going to use it as like a time travel fixer. Yes. Yes. And what's great is that Filoni flat out states that it's it's not about time travel it's not gateways and and doors and you can't go in and out of them it's 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 a place where everything comes together and you hear different things echoing throughout time he says because it's fluid in the world between worlds everything is occurring all the time in that place so it's just simultaneous time right and you don't get to right yeah, yeah and you don't get to travel through it but the cosmic force sometimes will will use it as a conduit to to meet two force beings together. I guess is how I take it. I like that. No, I I like that. I I like that more. It's more of a cosmic than a like you're saying like a world between worlds. Like that, you know. That's what it's called. I mean, we know that's what it was called in Rebels, and we know that's you know literally Ezra and Ahsoka enter that world between worlds i think because like you just said and i 100 percent agree because that's why i was trying to hard it's hard to explain because she was like you're saying she was dying so she was probably becoming one with the force into the cosmic force and but it wasn't her time yet right such a gandalf the white thing loved the i mean loved all those parallels for sure you know but and that's why we see Anakin there is because he is part of the cosmic force, right? Right. So that's why I think I know some people thought like, oh, maybe that's not really Anakin. It's just like her, like a vision of like a vision of him that she thought of. I'm like, no, dude, he said some stuff that I believe were way too like, no, that's he remembers. That's him. That's Anakin. Like that's truly Anakin in a cosmic. In the cosmic lineup, force being. The one thing that absolutely proves that it's not a vision and it's not just something that's happening within Ahsoka's mind. I mean, it it is, but it isn't. Right, 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 right. Is that Jason can hear it. Yep. And that that is proof positive that that is an action being taken place by by people in the the force force, beings in the force i was so smart to do it that way because otherwise you you could speculate or you could argue and debate for the for the end from the end of time that no it was just a vision it was just a vision no there was an outside party that could recognize what was going on and that's huge yeah yeah and to have it be jason was awesome i mean that's what i was thinking we get oh man, Canaan name drop and everything was great. Oh yeah, right, what else we get? But then I was thinking, like, 
because oh i just hit my table my bad I'm such a professional i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> we get excited around here kids. because ahsoka was um like passing through the realms of the cosmic force and the living force and the forces like moving all around that the force started to go into jason more and that's why he Ooh. could also tap in so well and Hera could as well too because the force was literally like seething in that moment oh i like that no i i like that a lot i like that a lot because it is interesting that obviously jason hears it first and then he was able to get his mom to hear it and I, I was talking to two. I was talking to Jason from Blast Points. Great show, guys. If you don't listen to them, they do really good stuff. Blast Points. Go check them out. But I was talking to him on Twitter, and he made a really good point. Of again, if I, I'm pretty sure this was Jason. I'm 100 percent sure it was Jason. But he he made the comment, or made kind of brought this idea of. Because Jason was force sensitive, maybe he was able, and kind of like what you're saying, because of what was happening, because of the cosmic force, maybe was was so strong at that moment, he was able to maybe amplify and kind of like have his mom hear it too. So it's not that Hera is force sensitive or anything. I think like you're saying, it was kind of Jason was the conduit or the the outside person. Being able to hear it and then being able to amplify it or have his mom hear it as well. You know, so yeah, I, I like all that kind of cosmic y, you know, Jedi stuff. It's good. And I, and I love this journey that we go on in the world between worlds. I will say this. So when episode four ends, I think I made the comment to you after. <laughs> That the the Hayden at that again at the end of four was a little too smooth, a little too shiny, like the CGI. That was again I got over it because it's still it's Hayden Christians and I don't care. But in episode five, that was just clearly worked on and it looked really good. Like I didn't even really like. Because sometimes you can tell, right? I mean, sometimes you can tell when it's like a little bit, sh not bad, but it's just like you can tell it's like a CGI, right? I think my eyesight is getting worse because I just don't ever see it. I, just I noticed don't. it on four. four I don't even where see I it with Luke it. at the end of Mando. Like, I just oh, don't. Oh, I saw it. It was not. -uh. I'm telling you. I just, I think, I think my eyes are bad. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But but in episode five though he looked really good. Oh yeah, he looked everything great. looked perfect. I mean the the costumes first of all were fantastic. He looked great even when they did the younger version. Oh, that was best. I mean we go Ooh. on a that whole trip of her going through Clone Wars and everything. Ooh, and having a younger Ahsoka that was oh. amazing. Hayden and in, in the actual Clone Wars armor. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. It was so good. Like that was, I remember watching it. I'm just like, I, I'm pretty sure I said out loud to myself, like, what am I watching right now? It left me speechless. Yeah. I was like, no way. He did it. Filoni put it into, again, a live action form. Like, 
got to give it kudos, man. He did it. And then to even take it a step further, though. So you see him, obviously, Hayden and a, a, a very young Ahsoka, who the actress that plays Ahsoka, the, the younger Ahsoka, was the one that played a very young Gamora in Infinity War. And I believe her name is Adriana. Let me see what it is. Adriana starts with starts with a G. Oh, uh, Ari. Okay, Ariana uh, Greenblatt. She's the one that played Young Ahsoka. She looks great. Looked great. Loved it. Loved it. And then again to take it a step further and to have Hayden in the. Clone Wars armor and all that. To see a Rex. We got a live action Rex. You know, you first see him in that very first kind of, you know, uh, first vision or whatever you want to call it. You see him in the background. And even, you know, you're just like, God, is that Rex? You couldn't tell. It looked like him. See all those clone troopers, though, running out of that smoke and everything. Oh, it was so good. Is really, really good. But I love the conversation between Anakin and Ahsoka. It felt very Clone Wars. Yeah, there were there were a couple back and forth dialogues that were just absolutely outstanding, especially right in the beginning. Um, when Anakin said said to Ahsoka, You lost a fight, it was so Anakin, you know. Um it was really good. It was just, yeah, really good. And then, like, later on, when they started talking about, like, what is this all about? And um, we, we'll get to that part, but um, when they're in the Siege of Mandalore. But I couldn't believe it. Like, they're they're talking. They're fighting. He, he She gets him, like, right? Like, she she hits him, and she she says to him, like... I don't really think you have anything to offer. And he flat out just takes the, the, the ground from her. Like it was so freaking cool. And then all of a sudden it's, it's foggy. You see a young Ahsoka and then you're like, is that a clone trooper? And then you see another clone and you go, holy crap, it's a clone trooper. And then holy you hear Anakin, you see the blue lightsaber. Yeah. It was and good. then, and then, and then Ahsoka says, is this a clone wars? And it was like, I was like, is it? This is, this is Clone Wars. Like, oh my God, it was and so... Then, and then Anakin was like, yeah, no kidding. Like, yeah, no kidding. Oh, and the way he looked in that moment, the armor. Shorter hair. The shorter oh, hair. Good. It was, was perfect. It was so freaking good. Yeah. I, I think for me, too, when we get to the part where she's sitting next to that clone trooper, mm -hmm. uh, really great moment, I thought. And again... To go back to kind of maybe how how she's been feeling or what her you know what her where she was thought press thought process wise heading into the show, I think you really get it in these couple scenes when you know she says I you know I led these guys into my into the battle and you know I got them killed and I love again I love Anakin's you know this is war Ahsoka like. I am teaching you to survive. I am teaching you to lead. You know, and I love his line of, you know, when I when I was a Padawan, it, we were peacekeepers. You know, then the Clone Wars happened, and now I have to teach you to be a soldier. I have to teach you to survive and lead. 
you know, and he talks about, you know, well, we'll get to that because it, it's a little bit further it's at the next vision or whatever. But, you know, I, and I love how, you know, her line of, is this what I'll have to teach my Padawan? And then his, his again, it's very Clone Wars. He's like, do you even want one? And he's like, it's not what it's all, you know, it's not what it's all cracked up to be. She goes, why would you say that? I'm joking. You know, how can you joke at a time like this? Like, it just, it was so Clone Wars. It was so good. And then I love his line of, what, what would you, what do you want me to be? Do you want me to be more serious? And she's like, I prefer it. And that's, again, that's when he goes into the whole, I'm teaching you how to survive and lead. That's what you have to be because of the times. You have to adjust to the times that you're in. And that was, I think, a big thing, a big theme, I think, within this whole thing is Ahsoka having to learn to adjust and to get out of that warrior soldier mentality because she's been in that mentality for her entire life. I think that was part of the point of it, of his lesson, right? Was to teach her that you have to move on and you have to adapt, right? You have to survive. You have to learn what I have taught you, but you also have to adapt and move forward. It was a big, big part of that, I think. Any other thing before we jump to the Siege of Mandalore vision? Any other thing that you liked within this, um, like, Clone Wars-y vision that we got? Yeah, I thought, like, instantly when she was next to that trooper and she says, we lost so many. Like, that was Ahsoka post-Siege of Mandalore. An Ahsoka that had seen the entirety of the Clone Wars and knows what the result was of it. And it was, yeah, and then it was, like, really interesting, like, you can, and in that moment, you can tell, like, that's what she dislikes about this whole thing, is having to be a soldier, having to learn how to only fight, and then if that is going to be her legacy taught onto another Padawan as well, and right now, that's what's on the forefront of her mind that she doesn't even want to have a Padawan of her own and she doesn't want to teach Sabine how to fight. And that even goes back to what Balin said to her in the previous episode about your legacy. Right. Is one of death and destruction. And that hit her heart. And that's a big part of it too. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. What's super interesting is when, and when Anakin's like, do you want me to be serious? And she, she says like, I, I I prefer it. Yeah. I prefer it. It's so not, Clone Wars, Ahsoka, let's be honest. She was right up there with Anakin, counting how many droids they they took out, you know, keeping score, um, race race you to the surface. Like, you know, she was she was full of play during that time. So now you get to see um her feeling the weight of of what she experienced. What she's and been through, right. What, yeah. yeah, what she's been through. And then when she says, what if I want to stop fighting? And he says, then you'll die. And it's like, it took me, it really took me a long minute. It maybe took me a couple of watches to really understand like what that lesson was. And the lesson was that sometimes a Jedi has to like come to the call, right. And come to what's expected of them in their mo- in the moment. And she's been so against that. But I think in that moment, she like finally admits that, yes, she was a warrior. Yes, she was a soldier. It was necessary at the time. And it was and her master taught her 
what he knew, right? It, I think she really blames Anakin a lot. Like, all you did was teach me how to fight, right? And that's like blaming your parents for, like, having a bad childhood. Right, like, they're right, only right, teaching right. you what they know, right? You can't blame them for that. And it it's just, like so amazing that like all of a sudden i came to this moment where i was like whoa this is like the beginning of like a a spiritual awakening like for her her admitting to like what she was and what she and and accepting it is literally like the first step of overcoming like either like some sort of problem or addiction or or anything like that it was just like this this huge moment where she was like yes i'm admitting that i was a, a warrior and a soldier and I may need to be that again. And I don't regret it. And I should shall no longer blame my master for that as well, too. It was it. And it and then she transitions, obviously, after she to, after she has another fight with Anakin and we get to see her as Ahsoka the White. And it's because she literally had a spiritual awakening coming out of the cosmic force of the world between worlds. Clarity. She got clarity. I mean, a hundred percent. I think that that's a big thing. And I want to jump into that siege, you know, the siege of Mandalore thing, but to piggyback off of what you were saying, when he says, you know, when she says, what if I don't want to fight anymore? It's almost, and you can almost feel that maybe through these kind of recent, you know, um, cameos or in, especially now that we've seen her in a very, like we were talking about earlier, we see here, we see, a different Ahsoka, right? It's not the one that we've always been accustomed to. And maybe she is at the point where she doesn't want to fight anymore. Right? Maybe she is like, I'm I'm tired of doing this. This is all I've been doing my entire life. And, you know, that lesson that he tells her, like you said, which is, you know, really deep, you know, the, the deeper theme of it, which was really, really great about coming out of it and got, you know, like accepting it and moving forward, you know, accepting that she was this person, but now she doesn't have to be, but also, you know, the, 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 the really, obviously the, the obvious kind of theme of, you know, you don't, you know, if you give up on yourself, you're giving up, you know, you, you are going to die, right. To keep moving forward. Don't, don't give up on yourself to, to never stop wanting to live, right? I mean, that's it's just a, it's such a basic lesson, but it's such a Star Warsy lesson too, and that's why it's so good. Like it's just it's such a per- it's perfect between these two, you know. And then that that shot before we get into the siege stuff, that shot of him walking during the Clone Wars, and that flashing of him. Oh boy, great shot. Whoa, I mean, boy. that was really really good. <laughs> I mean, I know we've kind of. They kind of used it with Palpatine and Rebels, right? When young, when yeah, Ezra. But, I get it, but this was way cooler. Yeah, this was done just way better. So I, I, I don't care if they kind of. I get it where it was kind of like you. It's nothing new. We've seen it before, but it was just so cool how they did it that I was, I was fine with it. But then you get to the siege of Mandalore, and you see her with the two blue blades. Oh man! See the minute ball. I saw that, yeah. The minute I saw that headband that lights up, and I go, "Oh my!" I was literally Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, like snapping my fingers and pointing to the screen, and I was like, "It's Siege of Mandalore." It took me until I saw, like, I wasn't sure, 
And then I kind of saw the outfit, but then it was the whole mall, mall the Mandalorian. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, we, this is a freaking siege of Mandalore. And that's her outfit, which is one of my favorite Ahsoka outfits. Me too. Is Siege. Loved it. And you see her be a total, like, you know, kicking butt, way better. You know, and I love how, again, you see Rex. We get that that was Rex. We hear Tem's voice for it. Totally fine with it. I know some people could argue why not throw in uh, D's, D Bradley's voice, if you're not going to show the face. I'm fine with it. It's Tem. Tem is Jangle Fat, who are the clones. Like, it's, it makes sense for live action. Totally fine with it. And then you see, you know, you see her cross her arms, very Ahsoka, right? You see Anakin, and I love, again, another, I think, proof that this was really him. He's like, I don't remember this one. Right. She's like, you know, this is a siege of man. We parted had, ways, yeah. parted ways at this time. And he was like, oh, okay. He's like, looks intense. <laughs> I just, and she was like, yeah, it was. And he's like, well, it looks like I taught you. You know, we parted, but you I taught you to be a soldier at this point. So, you know, and then that's when I think this is where I really love this episode is when he talks about legacy. You know, he's like, you're part of a legacy, Ahsoka. And that's when she goes again because of what Balin said before. And death and destruction is her, you know, legacy. And then that's when she brings up, you know, him and him being more powerful or more dangerous than anybody realized. And I love Hayden's response love of, you know, if, if, is this, is this what is this is about? Like, and I just like how he was like, then you're not even, you're not even learning. This is not, right. you're not paying attention. It's not, it's about, not me. about me. Right. It's exactly. you. <laughs> right. We're, We're not, not talking about me. Right. Exactly. We're not, we're not talking about my mistakes. I have to deal with my mistakes. And then she says, if I am everything you are, and then he goes, then you learn nothing. It It's perfect. It literally is perfect because it was, it was the most simple way to say, I am no longer, I am no longer responsible for what you become. And you have to come to terms with that. And you have to like forgive and, and accept and, and move forward. It was, it was, beautifully written so simplistic outstanding and how he said it was so good his delivery of that line was really really good and then he was like back to the beginning right live or die and let's fight right let's do the thing that you hate and let me bring it out of you let me bring the hate out of you and see where you go it was perfect and i like how he turned into sith annie like sith i annie. loved it because again he got he you could tell that he, again, his emotions got him, right? Just like they get him before. I think those scenes can be very misunderstood. I think okay. you could almost see it as, like, maybe Anakin wasn't a good teacher. Maybe Anakin wasn't a good master. Maybe he was a little confused on, on what he was and his responsibility in it. Um, like, if you don't like um, Anakin or if you're not a, a Hayden fan... I can maybe see how those scenes might that that message maybe didn't land for you and you're just continuing to think that Hayden is a villain and then he transitions into, you know, villain Hayden, Darth Vader. So you're like, yep, that's what he is. He's a bad guy. 
Um, but what's awesome is that's just not what is being said. And I love that it's not overcomplicated. If you get it, if you get it, if you know, you know, and it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I, I loved how that was kind of his final lesson. The red blade comes out and he's like, all right, this is what you want to talk about. If you want to talk about me and not you, and you want to talk about me being that person that I turned into, then let's, let's, let's go at it. Cause this is what you want then, you know? And for Ahsoka to stop fighting and then to say, you know, I choose to live, right? I choose to move forward. I choose to forgive you. I choose to, to no longer feel the regret and to take the responsibility of what happened to you. Like, it's huge. It's so freaking good. No, it's it's some of the best writing. I mean, hands down, it is. It's some of the best writing, and I really enjoyed that entire sequence. It's, it was well done. And as you talked about before, Ange, so she comes out of it, and she is now Ahsoka the White. Before we kind of get into that, do you, and I know you mentioned this before, so I want to bring it up in our text conversation. Do you think we have seen the last of Hayden? Or do you think we'll see him again later on in the show? Or maybe in another season? What do you think? Maybe in another season. Okay. But I, I feel like at first it felt like there wasn't closure in, in that interaction. Um, and I think it was just because I didn't really see like what what the... Uh, like what the underlying message was what the theme was with the bigger yeah theme but i think it. there there is there is closure there and then when you see then ahsoka become ahsoka the white and her demeanor change and you can see she's i mean really just like how gandalf was when gandalf became gandalf the white of allowing things to happen to you instead of trying to make things happen for you instead of and, controlling it right right so it um I don't know if we'll see him again. I don't know. I want to see him in a Vader series, bro. Oh, that's all. I'll be a bro about it. That's all podcast. I'll be a bro about it. I want to see it. I disagree, but that's okay. We'll talk about <laughs> it. A whole different, write that down. We'll talk about it at another show. No, but I love that transition because it is. It's it's the lift. The weight has been lifted. She is now, I think, free of the self-doubt, the fear, and she is back to her, like, Ahsoka self. And I loved it. I love the outfit. Dude, that white outfit looks good. She comes in my shoes. Nice shoes. Looks great. I love the whole get-up. It's, it's fantastic. And again, like you're saying, the demeanor. I love when, you know, Yu Yang's like, so, you know, they're going to take us to Ezra? She's like, I don't know. Right, we'll see. She's like, the shrug. What are you talking about? Yeah, Perfect. he's like... He's like, what do you, he's like, what do you talk about? He's, she's like, I have no idea where we're going. He's like, we could be anywhere, go anywhere. And she's like, yeah, but at least it's nowhere. At least it's, you know, at least it's somewhere. And I just love that because that is so Ahsoka. That yeah. is the Ahsoka that we saw we in want. Wars. Yeah. That's the one that we saw in Rebels. Like we, that is the, that's that Ahsoka that we're used to. So I loved all that. Loved it. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see if we'll see Hera again. I think we will, because I think we'll get more of like the New Republic stuff, right? 
Uh, but th- maybe, but maybe not. Maybe we don't see her for the rest of the season. I doubt it, but because I, I kind of got a feeling of we're moving past that stuff right now. We're really going to focus on, you know, Sabine and Thrawn and Morgan and Balin. So I, I am curious to see if we will see Hera in the New Republic again. I don't. I mean, I, I would assume so, but if we didn't, I wouldn't be surprised because I feel like we're on to the next step, right? We're we're not we're not gonna be hanging around the New Republic or anything like that. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. But I, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes because it's just it's open. It's open. I have no idea. What's going to be really interesting is what this new Ahsoka is going to be like with Sabine. Yeah. And what it it means for Sabine. And for Sabine to find out that she's alive because she believes she's dead. There's no, you know what? That kind of bothered me. When she fell off a cliff and then Sabine was like, she dead. No. But we don't know. But again, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know so no, I don't, that didn't bother me as much. I'm no. fine with that. <laughs> I no. don't blame Sabine for believing that. I don't. I don't. Listen, I want to say this. And episode four gave off huge, huge ex-girlfriend vibes. I mean, it was like. I've heard people say that between her bro, and Shane. I'm I'm dead serious. It was It was when they would bring up Ezra, it was almost like. You know, they were bringing up someone that maybe Sabine, like, it was such ex-girlfriend vibes. It was crazy. Uh, Now, I don't ship them, and I don't think that that's going to be their fate, but it was, as, as, as a lesbian watching it, I mean, I pretty much felt like I was watching the L word in the Star Wars series. I mean, (laughs) Star Wars universe. Dead serious. It was. Shit and Sabine. (laughs) No, with, with Ahsoka and Sabine. Oh, Ahsoka and Sabine. Okay. You're talking about Ahsoka and Sabine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. You brought that up before though, for sure. I know you have. I know. I know you have. And I don't hate it. I hate, man. I wouldn't hate it. I'm cool with it. Whatever they want to do with that character, with either character, I'm fine with. Man, but, it was- but it's good. It's good. It's their relationship. I think is going to be 100 percent different now. For sure, I think Ahsoka will be more relaxed with Sabine, and maybe that will help Sabine be more open to the Force and be able to focus more, and maybe be able to move something with the Force now. You know? Do you think we're going to get there? You Do you, you think, think that we're going to see Sabine with force abilities? Think, well, I don't know about force abilities, but I don't think you set up that scene of her not moving the cup with with not bringing that back and having her at least maybe move it a little bit or something. What do you think about when Sabine was fighting Shin and Sabine throws the hand out, the force hand out? Do you think it was a fake out or do you think Sabine was truly trying to use the force in that moment? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, more fake out than I, I think. Because she knew she had her her whistling birds. So it could have been a little bit of both. But I think more fake out than anything. Because I think Sabine is smart like that. You know? I think she knew at the time she, you know, she didn't have the force. She knows that. But Shin didn't know that. As far as we know, Shin didn't, Shin didn't know that until then. So... 
Because she was almost surprised that nothing happened. And that's when she said, you have no power, right? Yes. Like, Shin almost, like, braced herself for, like, impact. Right. Right. And then nothing happened. So. I, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. I hope we get Thrawn this next episode. Because I don't want to, I don't want to wait for him for the, like, last two episodes. I want to see him now. Because I say that. I want the general Star Wars fan who doesn't know him, I want them to realize how dangerous he is. Right. That he's like a formidable opponent. Right. I don't want it to be like, well, what's the big deal? We only saw, like, no, I, I need him to do his thing. And I need him to be in these last four episodes in a bigger way. Right. Because, I mean, even like you. Even as a general, like my, for instance, my mom, she knows who he is, but she doesn't really, you know, she's only watched Rebels like once, so she doesn't really remember. My dad doesn't know about him. So to introduce him as a very dangerous villain, they you need to set that up. You can't do that in two episodes, right? If he, if he just shows up in the last episode, you need to do it, I think, early to really set up for people to understand why why he was mentioned right in that Mandos in Mando season two, why Ahsoka is going after him, why she's worried. Why is Ahara worried about his return? Right. Why did Mon Mothma, <clears throat> why did Mon Mothma get a little like worried when Hera dropped his name in that meeting? That's why I think he needs to show up. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to see him already. <laughs> I mean, I like right. That. right. I mean, honestly, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping that six, seven, and eight are are Thrawn heavy. I'm gonna be dead serious. I hope that they are. Me too. And Me too. I hope that that conflict is like what these last three episodes is about. I feel like the character building has been done, and I feel like what the characters need to be going forward can happen in a later season. I think, like, we need to get to Thrawn. You think we see Ezra? You think we get Ezra? I don't think so. Whoa. I don't think so. I think Again, we're going to see, like, Kanan. I think I think we're going to see everybody. No, I don't know about Kanan. <laughs> the only reason I say that is because, I, from my understanding, Freddie Prince is basically like, I'm cool. I don't need to do a live action Whatever. Man, that's a that could be a complete fake out. And it could be a hundred percent. You could be right. I mean, I'm not putting you money on right. it and I'm not looking forward to right. it right, right, at right. all. But if it happens, I'm not gonna be like, dang, I never saw that coming. Right. No, I, no, I, I feel like we're like we're heavy in rebels here, and Kanan is an integral part of that. I and I agree. I do. I don't again, the first Four or five, ep- you know, the first four or five episodes for sure have been very like, if you know Rebels, then you know, right? I feel like now we are getting into the heavy, this is the Ahsoka show, right? So that's why I don't know if we'll see Ezra, N- number one. Number two, and I said this to you, my theory of we haven't seen the end of Rebels yet. yeah. <laughs> because we just got Ahsoka the White, yeah. I, and I understand. I and yeah. I and, and I get it. Where I'm probably sound like a lunatic, and that I make I'm making no sense. Because I understand that that shot 
was almost was basically shot for shot of the ending with with her at the at the at the more at the mural and all that. I get it. But you can't tell me that Dave Loney doesn't do things on purpose and wouldn't do that scene again to have then Ahsoka the White show up later on. I'm just, I again, I just that's just my thoughts. I could be totally crazy and that's fine and if that was the end of rebels and this is what we are finding out moving forward then that's fine but that's why i give a little pause because i don't think we find ezra that quick i don't think it's gonna be that easy too i really don't i, I don't think he's just gonna be hanging out with ron or he's gonna be near thrawn i just i that's too bad i really wanted those two to bond while they were I mean, right. together i agree but I, I don't think that happens, clearly. So we'll find out. I mean, again, I, I want Ezra. Believe me, I, I want Ezra Bridger. He is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Do you think Ahsoka traveling through hyperspace with the Purgle was seen by Grogu? No, I don't buy any of that. I buy it. I think that's fine. Up. It could, and that'd be well, fine. Cool. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if they, I mean, they would, I mean, I don't, I don't say that they wouldn't do that, but I don't think that was it. I think he was just feeling the purgle. I think Dave it was Lone just. a mad genius, man. And I don't disagree, but I feel like for Mando, I feel like that was just a, hey, wink, wink. You guys remember these space whales for me? Like I, that, it was more of that. Then it was, oh, he's feeling Ahsoka. That's just my opinion. And oh. I, I I honestly don't think we're going to go straight to Thrawn. Like, I don't think the Purgle are taking her straight to where they are. I, I just don't see that. Because then that's like, that's, again, it's too easy. And I that's think why they are. That it, they're following the path that, that was just laid before them. So they're gonna go they're gonna go to the same path. Well I the don't path think... they follow again, as far as we remember in Rebels, the Purgle follow where they can get like gas or whatever, right? Those that's how that's why they went to that one planet, right? They were diving into all the whatever it was, like gas or methane, so then they could <laughs> power <laughs> up. Whatever it was. <laughs> whatever the hell it was. But they I don't think they go straight to where he was. I really don't. I really don't. I think we go somewhere else. And it could be because I think people have decoded the Arabish, the Arabish, around like in the planets that get mentioned. Right, there's other planets. Right. There's Lothal. Lothal was one of them. Yeah. Coruscant was one of them. Was it Peridia? I think was another one. I think Mandalore was another one. How did you how did how did you feel that Hu Yang said star whales instead of space whales? That's fine. I don't care. Star You're whales. You're fine with that? Yeah. Star yeah. whales, space whales, same thing. I don't okay. Care. Yeah. Why did that bother you? No. No. Yeah. I was but like when it. I said one time, I said space whales in a conversation with like a casual fan, and they were like, "No, star whales." And I was like, uh, okay. "Whatever." <laughs> space whales, star whales. I've had some pretty dumb conversations with people uh, these last couple of weeks. Some people that just um, don't know who Ahsoka is, and I just, it was really hard for me to not push up my glasses and say, let me tell you about the lawless, because 
some people said some pretty dumb, dumb, dumb things to me. Well, that's going to happen. But they're learning, and hopefully they learn who Ahsoka really is. Someone said to me, "How did Anakin, when did Anakin, Anakin Skywalker have time to have a Padawan? It's called the Clone Wars, bro, and it was like years. It was... It wasn't just like a couple months. It was years. I know. It was worst. It was years. I know. So yeah, he had a Padawan during that time. Yeah. Ah, people don't, and again, that just shows people don't watch animation. And that's sad. But I've also known people that aren't familiar with Rebels or the Clone Wars and are completely like, yes, the, the show is doing a great job in catching me up, filling in the lines, telling me what I need to know. Um, I'm loving it. Yeah, it is. Because if you didn't know that that was his Padawan, you really got the sense in that vision. In the, whatever, a cosmic, you know, uh, the in-between, the in-between worlds, the world between worlds, you know, before <laughs> she dies. Like, that was literally, you know, it gave you all that information. It's what It gave you what you needed to know about Ahsoka and Anakin. And then even his line... One of my favorite lines is, you know, you're never too old to learn snips. And how he delivered it was so good. Like, again. And I will say, Hayden, he still got it. He can still swing a freaking lightsaber. Oh, and his he is twirl? so good. He, oh. He's so good. He still has it. That guy practices. I bet you. He just is running around his house or just, you know, I mean, training with his little kid. Heck yeah, so would I. Yeah, I'm Anakin freaking Skywalker. I'm, I got a lightsaber and I'm like twirling that thing around all day. Heck yeah, I am. But he is so good at it though. Like he, it, like he's still like as fast as he was back in the prequels, man. He's that good. Like he's one of the better, I mean, honestly, out of, all the people that wheel have wielded lightsabers as actors, he's probably the best, in my opinion. Ewan's up there for sure. Yeah. Ewan's up there, but I think Hayden's I think Hayden's better than Ewan, in my opinion. I think the, I mean they're both good, but I think Hayden is a little bit better than Ewan. And I just feel like he still has it. He could still do the he could still do behind the back. Like he is that good still. And you can tell that it's Hayden. It's not like a stunt double. Like, it's him doing it. Yeah. You know? So, it was, yeah, it was great. I I thoroughly enjoyed having seen him. And it made so much sense to have him in the show. And I'm glad they did. I'm glad Filoni took that chance to tell this story. And this is how, you know, this is how, you know, it happens. And it wasn't, it wasn't like them rehashing and him saying, you know, I, you know, I came around. It was, I got, I have a lesson to teach you. Right? It wasn't them rehashing. It wasn't them, you know, saying how much they missed each other. No, it was never, never too old to learn snips. Like, I have more to teach you. I loved it. Loved it. And final thoughts on episodes three, four, and five of Ahsoka. Anything else you want to bring up? It's great. Yeah, I mean, so we got six, seven, and eight last three episodes coming up, so we will see how this ends. I, I don't know if they really wrap it up. I don't know if we have they haven't announced the season two or anything. So we how are, can they? 
Yeah, no, right. I mean, obviously at this point, um, everything has been pushed back and or nothing has been announced yet. But regardless, very excited to see where we go with the show. Very excited to enjoy the ride and see where it takes us. All right, kids, that's it. That's the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, We enjoy you guys listening to us. We appreciate it very, very much. You can follow us on the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter, a.k.a. X. We're also on Instagram. I got to Instagram more on that account. Uh, We are also on Threads and soon-to-be Blue Sky as well. And you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Knows on all the social medias. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter and Instagram and Threads. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I fixed my Instagram handle to match my Twitter handle. Synergy, baby. Yep. It's not, you know, it's kind of made me a little sad, but I felt like I needed to do it. My original, you know, was little DMB thing. And that's like, that's just that's my, deep. That's, that's deep. my identity. That's, you know, there's a DMB song called Little Thing and everybody says it's about me. And, and then, you know, it, it was, it's a big deal. But I, you know what? Big I deal. must move forward. Like Ahsoka. Yes. We move on. We move forward. All right, guys, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always. Always.